Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brands Park American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel. Uh, Now, Marcus Parks, he's not here, but Mary Kelly is here with me. Thanks for being here, Mary. Marcus is currently in Texas. He's busy. He's on a vacation. He's digging up a bunch of bones. He's doing God knows what with bovines, but he's having a wonderful time with family. So I have to say I'm a bit jealous. Marcus is in a beautiful state that Ted Cruz comes from, and Marcus is uh, officially the second creepiest person to reign from that state because Mm. Ted Cruz is number one. So let's see here. This episode, we've got, uh, obviously, we had the West Virginia primary yesterday. A lot of things happened. Very crazy stuff. The Donald won because there was no one running against him, which that always helps. I'll never forget. I was a wrestler in high school. Everybody knows it, and they love to hear me tell stories about it. I was overweight and rotund, and I was forced to slip into a very, very tiny singlet, and my balls were strange, and they were always showing. Thank God I didn't have any pubes. Otherwise, they would have sprung out from the singlet and firmly embarrassed me more as if my nuts were Bob Ross painting a picture of my cock. Okay. I was in a wrestling tournament, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Big time tournament. Mm -hmm. I won the tournament. You know why? No one was fat enough to wrestle me. (laughs) And that's exactly what happened with Donald Trump. No one was quite crazy enough to go after uh, Trump in West Virginia. Obviously, Ted Cruz has dropped out of the race. All right. Uh, Now, of course, Bernie Sanders... No one really thought he would do as well as he did in West Virginia. But then Hillary Clinton goes into the state. She starts speaking. Believe it or not, people learn to hate her. She said uh, to coal country. Now, of course, West Virginia is coal country. These jobs have been fleeced uh, specifically under the Obama administration because of environmental concerns with coal, even though coal is uh, one of the main reasons that the world functions. It's one of the better resources that has ever been invented. And thank God for the dinosaurs for it. Thank you, Triceratops. And that's the only dinosaur I know. Maybe what was another one? A platosaurus? Mm hmm. Is that the str- is that a strange one? T-Rex. T-Rex overrated. Mm-hmm. Couldn't even jerk itself. All right. It doesn't matter. We're not going to get into T-Rex. So Hillary goes in there, starts discussing how she's going to put all coal miners out of business. Believe it or not, they did not love that because they are they already are for the most part out of business. Bernie went in with his message, his rhetoric. 
the one percent are the reasons uh, that the uh, working class Americans are continuing to lose uh, wages and get paid less than they were 20 years ago for the same job. Bernie Sanders is in there discussing NAFTA, TPP, how these unbelievably unfair trade deals have hurt the United States working class more than anyone could have ever imagined. So Bernie Sanders is able to get a massive win in the state of West Virginia. And keep in mind, primary, which is very big, because usually people talk about Bernie Sanders doing very well in caucuses. This is a big primary win for him, which really shows that he is going to he, he is going to be in this uh, till the end, and he's got his uh, he's got a very very good chance of uh, forcing Hillary to the left and tell the convention. In which case, God knows what happens. But we'll go back and we'll we'll discuss West uh, West Virginia in a moment. But right now, I want to talk about. I have to thank the people of Chicago. My God, Mary, it was madness. It was nonsense. Last podcast on the left, everybody knows about it. Henry Zabrowski, myself, and Marcus Parks. It's all creepy. It's all macabre. I don't have to tell you. We went on the road this weekend to Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I love Chicago because I look normal. I mean, they're big people and beautiful women. I can't, you know, I can't even tell you how hot these women are. And they're turned on by how many carbs you can eat, which is so nice. Here in New York, everyone's like, do you want a smoothie? Maybe something lettuce-based. In Chicago, if a woman sees you slamming down double hamburgers, which is what I did at a place called Kuma 2, which I have to thank Pete for bringing us to. Pete, an amazing uh, man, a great manager, who set up the entire tour at the Metro Theater and then the G-Man Tavern. He brought us to a bar called Kuma 2. It was a bar restaurant, and it was a satanic-themed restaurant. Yeah, it's at Kuma two six six six, and we know that's the that's the sound that's the beast that's the number of the beast, Mary. Mm-hmm. So we get in there, and I order something like the Helter Skelter or something like that. All the sandwiches are named after heavy metal bands. Mm-hmm. So I think Marcus got the Iron Maiden, and uh, Henry got I don't even know, uh, maybe the Sepultura, something like that, which does actually sound like a candy or a fruit, a good mm-hmm. Sepultura. I end up eating the majority of Marcus's hamburger. I just felt that I, like I had to consume because I was back in my home state, my home region. My home state is Wisconsin, but my home region is the Midwest. And I felt like I had to you know, prove myself again. Mm. So I ate my pulled pork sandwich and then I ate all of Marcus's hamburger. He was mad. He said, I never eat anything, but I'm so skinny. I said, well, you know what? You know, you're welcome. You, you still, you'll still look good after the meal. And I made an eye contact. I made eye contact with a woman from across the bar. And she saw me stealing everybody's food. And she was in love. So that's one of the differences between Chicago and New York. Mm. Women in New York don't like it when they see you steal all your friends' food because they say, he has no self-control. He's probably got a flabby body. Mm -hmm. But in Chicago, they're like husband material, strong seed. Mm -hmm. Different regions. Mm -hmm. So uh, we were at, so we did uh, Metro Theater. A great theater. It was packed. It was at 4 p.m. It was a sober show for the audience. I mean, we were pretty drunk on stage. Mm-hmm. And we went to the theater. And, uh, uh, we immediately found out there was a baby that died in the elevator. <laughs> so that's a good sign. I don't know what the baby's doing in the elevator late for work. I guess it was like, you know, scuttle hurry like an like a animated bunny uh, trying to, you know, go meet Alice. Very wild. And then we found out an actress had hung herself in the theater as well. Hmm. So it was haunted. Mm-hmm. So that was a good sign for us. Mm-hmm. So we went on and we performed. It was really wonderful and everybody loved it. Then we went down to G-Man Theater right across the way. 
and uh, Kuma 2 was in between this experience. Then we went to G-Man Theater, and uh, it was a bar setting. People could not have been nicer, and I drank entirely too much alcohol. I think Henry did a fairly good job. Marcus had a, uh, a bit of booze as well. But I got this thing. I got McClord. You know what that is, Mary? No, I don't. It's one of the worst liquors on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. It tastes like uh, the gout. If there was a liquid gout, that's what it tastes like. Mm-hmm. I felt like my my throat was getting infected with something. You know, it was really disgusting. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I took someone bought me the shot and I took it and everyone laughed and laughed and I said, "Oh my god, well that's not a good sign." It tasted like uh, sort of like if sand had sex with a really hot plastic. Really gross and grainy. It was liquid but grainy. Mm-hmm. So I got McClord. That was a kind of a funny little joke that they had in Chicago. So thank you guys so much for such a wonderful time. The shows were phenomenal. Everyone was incredibly nice. The women were beautiful. And the guys were just absolutely the sweetest human beings on the face of the planet that looked like they could murder. Which is good. That's our fan. You know, people who look like they could murder are very nice. It's always the people who are buttoned up and dressed to the nines. They're the killers. Interesting you would say that because you're wearing a very snappy outfit yourself today. I'm wearing Joseph A. Bank. I've got to go, I've got to go into Fox News for crying out loud. All right. So let's go back to, let's go back to some politics. Oh, I also want to say this. TSA. Worst thing that's ever happened. We missed our Henry Zabrowski and I missed our flight coming back from Chicago because the TSA line was two hours long. Not an exaggeration, two hours long. I mean, we could have watched Lord of the Rings, the whole damn trilogy, while we were in line waiting to get our balls padded down and waiting to get approval from middle class, uh, lower middle class workers who are probably themselves planning to blow up a plane. It's always the TSA employees. You look at them and you're like, you're just. You should be flipping burgers, but McDonald's been automated, so you got a job at the TSA, and now you're, you're, you're patting all over my body. Thank you. That is kind of nice. I don't hate getting human a- a- affection, attention. I love to cuddle, but we're in line. We finally get through, and we're missing our flight. We're running through the airport like it's planes, trains, and automobiles. I guess and technically in this scenario, I would have to be uh, Steve Martin's character, although he's very tiny, and then, uh, and then Henry could be John Candy, or we could flip it. It doesn't matter. It's a hodgepodge. We're running through the airport. We don't even have our shoes on. The balls of my feet are hurting. I'm too, I'm too big to run without shoes. And we find, we get to our gate, and we see the plane lift off. But unlike what happened in Final Destination or when Seth MacFarlane was late to the flight on 9-11, this plane landed perfectly. So there was not even any good satisfaction of like, oh, we missed a flight, but it crashed. No. Everyone's alive and well <laughs> and doing great. Mm-hmm. If you miss a if you miss a plane, you do secretly be like, "Well, I hope it blows up," because then I'm a genius. Mm-hmm. Thank God I slept in, mm-hmm. which is exactly what happened with Seth MacFarlane, of course, the creator of uh, Family Guy and a whole series of under uh, other uh, somewhat sometimes good things. <laughs> we give him he's good. I like American Dad a little bit, but that's just because I want to have a family. So we miss our flight. We have ten hours in O'Hare Airport. Henry Zabrowski and myself. Ten hours in an airport. Holy hell. This is something special. This is amazing. If anyone's ever spent 10 hours in an airport, it's the closest thing to your mind. It's like what happens to your mind in solitary confinement. You just slowly go insane. So, of course, we have to start drinking immediately because there's nothing else to do. 
So we go down to the airport bar. We lick our wounds a little bit. I catch my breath. It takes me a good two hours just to do that. It was terrible. We go to this bar, and uh, first the first bar we went to, Henry got recognized for heroes. So that was very fun. A guy says, "Is that is that uh, what's what's his name? Quentin? Is that Quentin?" And I said, "No, it's Stu. It's Stu from Henry's A to Z from from uh, NBC's A to Z and Henry's A to Z." So so Henry gets recognized at the first bar. Very good. We have a couple of drinks. We haven't eaten anything yet because again we were far too late, and I had eaten a lot of food the night before anyway, so I wasn't hungry. But then we we get to another bar. We get a little food. I get recognized for uh, red eye by by the uh, by the bartender. So we're in good graces. The bartender's really liking us. Uh, we're 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 laughing it up. And then a guy comes and sits down next to Henry and myself. And he's disheveled and sad, bald, too young to be bald, but you know, it happens. Overweight, and uh, he starts talking about how you know he's flying back to God knows where. And all of a sudden, he brings up just out of nowhere. We're talking about politics and comedy i think the bears got brought up you know we're talking about sausages and random shit and then all of a sudden the guy's like yeah so you know life has been pretty tough right now my daughter is cutting herself because she was molested and henry are like what well what do you say so we're just like i'm sorry i wasn't you know i wasn't like guilty as charged you know i didn't i don't even know his daughter so the guy's just like yeah my uh yeah my daughter's cutting herself she was molested out of nowhere. I mean, he's never met Henry and I. He didn't know us from Adam. But he just felt the need because he is taking a flight that he is not late for so he doesn't have to hang out in the airport for nine more hours. He just felt the need. He's like, I'm out of here in 20 minutes. I'm going to just lay this on these kids who were just here trying to get drunk because they were too stupid to wake up on time. Mainly myself. Henry woke up on time. But it is still the TSA's fault. I was slightly late. It might have been a little bit more my fault than Henry's fault technically. But really is the TSA's fault. So, I don't know what to tell this guy. The only thing I can think of it doing is just get him a shot. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I mean, his daughter's molested. That's a good. <laughs> and, then he, and then she's cutting herself. And Henry and her just like, I, we do a podcast about true crime. And then the guy went in, and he started talking. He's like, yeah, it's been really stressful on the family. We found the guy who molested her. He's in prison now for seven years. And I said, okay, seven years. That's good. You know, he'll, he'll get. Uh, they don't get treated well. Pedos. Pe- don't get treated well in prison. Anyway, that wasn't good enough for the guy. Then he said, after he gets out, after this fella gets out, who God, who knows what he did. He went on to say his his daughter is uh, adopted, so she has mental problems because of that. I don't know where they're getting these kids. And then he says, yes, but me and my son, who is also adopted, which is good. He said they have a whole plan for when he gets out. They're going to murder him. They're going to kill the guy that molested his daughter who is now currently cutting herself. Henry and I are sitting at a bar just trying to get drunk. I'm talking to the guy about Red Eye. Next thing you know, we're complicit in a murder plot. What, what, what do we do? So we just kind of sat there and yes, anded the guy for a little while. And uh, not with the murder. I, I, I discouraged it. <laughs> I said, well, you don't got to kill the guy. But he said they already talked to the police. And the police promised they would turn the other way if they killed the guy. So, hey. That's an airport for you. Clinton and Trump, neck and neck. Here we, here it is, the general election. No one thought it was going to be this close. Pennsylvania, Florida, and Ohio. These are Quinnipiac polls. These are national polls, pitting them head-to-head in a general. The numbers are so much tighter than anyone could have ever imagined. Not since 1960 has a candidate been able to win 
the presidency unless they win at least two out of three of Pennsylvania, Florida, and Ohio. And those polls are unbelievably tight for Clinton versus Trump. Clinton's at 43% versus Trump's 42% in Pennsylvania. Florida, Clinton's at 43%. Trump, again, at 42%. And in Ohio, Trump is at 43%. And Clinton is down to 39%. Which plays into Bernie's rhetoric right now. And really the main motivation for him staying in the race. In general polls, Bernie Sanders sweeps Trump in all three states. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Come on, the doors are on back. Ah, What the... Is there a door behind all those spiders? (laughs) It's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. (sighs) Look at how many spiders there aren't. Where should we lie down for eight consecutive hours first? Relax. You booked a Verbo. Bernie Sanders is a better national candidate than Hillary Clinton to go against Donald Trump. People are stunned. Much like Henry and I were when a man told us his daughter was molested and she cuts herself at an airport bar randomly. People are stunned. And the most interesting thing is, in the polls that came out after the voting, when pe- when people were asked who would they vote for in a general if they did not, this, this was specifically geared towards Bernie Sanders supporters. When they were asked who would they vote for in a general election... If Bernie is not in it, 23% said uh, Hillary. Some other people said that they would still just vote for Bernie. 44% of Bernie Sanders supporters in West Virginia said they would vote for Donald Trump, which is remarkable. And I've been saying this for a long time. Donald Trump is going to skim the bottom of a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters. Maybe he goes into the Bernie bros, which I think is a media creation that's a bunch of nonsense. But because Bernie has done so well with nailing the rhetoric and completely having people convinced, and in a lot of ways rightfully uh, rightfully so, that the system is rigged, Donald is going to completely take that narrative and run with it in the general. He already is. If you listen to his speeches now discussing sympathizing with Bernie Sanders, obviously for his own political gain, but sympathizing with the rhetoric of Bernie Sanders when it comes to the system being rigged And we do not live in a nation of fair elections, which I think we can all agree with, specifically if you're a registered independent and you tried to vote in the latest primaries. It was a nightmare. Mary, did you get a chance to vote? I did, yeah. Who'd you go with? You don't have to say. I voted for Sanders. You did? Mm Mm-hmm. That's an exciting vote. (laughs) And that was here in New York? Yes. It was a a tight race. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, not for Sanders. (laughs) But, I mean, I thought that that he could have tied it up a little bit... uh, You know, he did as well as he could. A lot of people thought after New York it was going to be all done. But it's just proven not to be the case because Bernie is not going anywhere. Obviously, he would need to win about 60% of the vote from here on out. He was only able to do that in one caucus, and that was his home state of Vermont. It's a tough ride. Theoretically, he could win every single state from here on out. And in the process of him winning, Hillary Clinton could still clinch the nomination. 
So she could go into a general election with more states lost and still more delegates because they do proportional de- uh, rep- uh, delegation. But I'll tell you, talk about going in broken. With, with how, I mean, how little um, encouragement do you have to have? How little enthusiasm do you have to have if you lose out of the majority of states going in uh, to the uh, convention, but you still win basically because of a glitch, because of a flawed system? The delegate system. So she's going to go in there, and these people are going to be livid. If you remember in the year 2000, Al Gore won the popular vote, which has happened, and of course lost the presidency, which has happened four times. So it's not it's rare, but it's not it's not unheard of. But people were livid, you know, discussing W as a, as you know not the real president. Obviously, at the end of the day. Once you get us into a you know foreign war and we're trying to nation build all over the Middle East, everyone's like, okay, fine, you can have it, whatever. But these people who are Bernie Sanders supporters are going to be livid with the process, and there's only going to be one candidate discussing their anger, and there's only even one candidate that's going to let them get the steam out. And one thing about Trump is he lets people get the steam out. That man is a hell of a blowhard. He's the Heidi Fleiss of politicians. So it's going to be unbelievable. So if that does happen. Those supporters for Bernie, are they are not going to let these things go. And Trump is going to go out there, actively court them, and it's going to be fascinating. Working at Fox News has been one of the most interesting things that I've ever gone through in my life. I am slightly suicidal, but we won't get into that. This isn't Sex and Other Human Activities, a wonderful podcast that Marcus Parks does with Jackie Zabrowski, all about mental health. I should probably start listening. <laughs> Fox News, watching true conservatives... Social conservatives, you know, people who are, they got hard and went to confession because they think their blood flow did something wrong. They don't know what to do. What to do about Donald Trump. They're crying in the hallways, not an exaggeration, literally crying in the hallways about what to do with Donald Trump. Great person. She's on Fox News as the five. She's a former speechwriter for W. She's a great fiction writer, but a wonderful person. She was speaking with this guy. I forget his name now. He has a book called In the Arena. He was a a military man. Very handsome. He's got hair. He looks good. I don't think his daughter was molested, nor is she cutting. They're crying in the hallway. What are we going to do because of Trump? They're so disheveled and so upset. And you know me me and my heart, I'm just like kind of happy to see it because social conservatives, they need to be gone. They need to, I mean, I don't know what these people have been thinking for so long. They have ruined the Republican Party. That coalition, it started with Jimmy Carter in 76 when he got in because he's an evangelical lunatic. I'm just a peanut farmer. No, he ushered in one of the worst political phenomenons that is currently what we're dealing with in the United States, which is evangelicals having political power. I mean, somehow Donald Trump has taken a lot of the evangelical vote, which proves that it's all a bunch of bullshit. Jerry Falwell Jr. coming out and saying, vote your vote your brain, not your conscience when it comes to Donald Trump, who is for uh, third term abortions and for partial birth abortion as of 1999, which if you are a true evangelical conservative Christian, you have to be pro-life. I'm sorry. That's just the way that is. It's unbelievable to watch the Republican Party completely disheveled and in shambles. And Hillary is going to take so many of those voters They are just going to have to, they are going to plug their nose. It is going to, the polls in November, people are going to be going in with little, uh, little nose clips like they were going to the pool in 1950s at a 1950s YMCA because they're going to be so upset with the thought of having to vote for Hillary Clinton. 
And these people who are going to be going over for voting for Trump, they're going to be going in with blowhorns like a carnival barker from the 1920s. They're going to be so damn loud. So we're going to have a bunch of people with their heads down low, sort of, you know, not wanting, not wanting to support the person that they're forced to support. They have a gun to the back of their heads. They have no other option. They're going to limp wrist vote for Hillary Clinton like Obama was limp wristing when he hung out with Raul Castro. If you remember that photo of Obama lifting his hands up uh, with Raul, with Mr. Castro, he does not want to be in the picture. His hand just went limp, which is good. Obama's hand was like one of those, uh, one of those sheep, the fainting sheep. You know, if scared, they just fall over. And that's exactly what Obama's hand did in the picture of him being held up with Castro. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, just Google it. It's quite hilarious. And that's what a lot of these people are going to be doing when it comes to this election. Some are just going to act as the fainting sheep and stay home that day. Others are going to go passively vote for Hillary Clinton. And some are going to go unbelievably actively vote for Donald Trump. It is going to be fascinating. And by the way, I have to say, the fainting sheep is the greatest, greatest mechanism to avoid a fight. It is, the, it is the smartest animal of all time. They say fight or flight, and the sheep, or maybe it's a goat? I think it's a fainting goat. Yeah. It just faints. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the smartest thing an animal could do? Just faint. Just faint? Just faint. Because you can't, even if, you're, if you are an animal and you want to get into a fight, if you want to get into a fight, and then the person uh, runs, then you're like, oh, well, now I have something to chase. If it fights, you're like, okay, now I immediately get what I want. But if it faints, what do you got to do? You can't just go, you kick it? You can't do anything with a fainted animal. That's what I'm saying. Some people are just going to pass out, faint. They can't even deal with it. Some are going to run. Bernie Sanders are going to run over to Trump. Hillary Clinton uh, is going to, uh, you know, Trump is going to be, you know, standing there waiting for the fight. Hillary's people, God knows what. I mean, she does have some, she does have some uh, massive support, obviously, with Goldman Sachs, big time money. And she has a lot of power behind her. Her super PACs are already running some, I think, sort of powerful ads against Trump, specifically when it comes to his stances on women. He is there. Basically, the ad is just nonstop cut footage of him from the Howard Stern show, from the Larry King show before Larry King lost his mind. I don't know what happened to Larry King. Do you remember Larry? Mm-hmm. He was so good. I used to watch him with my opa in, uh, in Germany. I'm not sure if my opa knew he was Jewish or not. But I think that he did, because I think he would tend to disagree with Larry. All this footage from old school Trump talking about women and how he disrespects them and how he's a philanderer. Of course, Trump talking about how STDs were his Vietnam, which, I mean, let's be honest, STDs are tough. I don't know if they're quite as tough as Vietnam, but the guy had some itching, maybe some maybe some problems, some random bumps and whatnot. Bragging about STDs as if it's his Vietnam is kind of comical. So they're already slamming him on the woman's card. When he talks about how Hillary is playing the woman's card, they're saying, okay, he, he, uh, they're, they're slamming him for being sexist. And will it, will it work? I mean, who knows? Because, of course, Hillary has a terrible record on women's rights as well in many ways. Just because she is a woman doesn't necessarily mean she has had the whim- best uh, interest in women's, uh, you know, for women uh, throughout her entire political career. I mean, obviously, just go on Twitter or read Monica Lewinsky's book. But either way, so it's going to be fascinating. That's what happened in uh, in West Virginia. Trump wins. Bernie wins. It continues on for the Democrats. I don't see it ending, uh, ending anytime soon because why would it? Bernie is still getting a bunch of cash. He just sold out an entire arena that the media didn't cover. It was a stadium. 
It was overpacked. I mean, the movement for Bernie is very, very real. And I'm not sure uh, no one saw it coming, or at least no one in the establishment saw it coming. But uh, he is a reflection on the anger of American society, he and Trump. And uh, that definitely seems to be the way the tides are turning in this election cycle. If she goes in after losing the majority of states before the convention and still wins simply because of delegate math, it is going to be a nightmare. And people are not going to be happy whatsoever. Again, 44% of exit polls from Virginia, West Virginia. So that's very unique. West Virginia is a very unique state specifically because of their coal mining industry. But nonetheless, you cut that even in half. If 21% or 22% of voters going in supporting Bernie decide to support Trump, this whole election is going to be unbelievably close, stunningly close. No one thought it would be possible. So, you know, start cutting like that guy's daughter. That's the only thing we can do, right? Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for listening. Mary, thank you. Great job. Mm-hmm. All right. So Marcus and I will be back next week. What a time it's going to be. He is, uh, he, I think he's enjoying himself in Texas. And we'll be right back here with all the other CCR shows. I wasn't able to make it to the last roundtable of gentlemen. I listened to some. It seemed like a, a riot. People seem to have a really great time. So that's good. Mm-hmm. If you're flying, make sure you wake up a little bit more early because the TSA... They are, I guess, horny this time of year. I don't know, but they're gropey and they're odd. And let me know what you think. Go to the Facebook page on Abling It's Top Hat. Uh, you know, the Facebook page is so great. Everyone is just just wonderful. And, uh, of course, find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel. Mary, are you on Twitter? Uh, I prefer Instagram. You can follow me at MJ Bulge and see me on my other shows here, including Stude and Hard Lonely and Vicious. All right. Check those out for Mary. And I, you know what? I still don't have my Instagram password, so it's not happening. And you know what, everyone? I, I think I have to stop drinking so much alcohol. I, I was hungover for three days. I was suicidal on Tuesday because I did too many drugs. I can't do drugs or alcohol anymore. So uh, if you're sober, let me know. How'd you do that? I mean, we'll see how long it lasts. What, what time is it? It's, it's around noon? 12.29. Okay, so we'll go until like five or something tonight. But we'll see. Um, all right. That'll do it, I suppose. I think that's all we have to say. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.